who wants to be first of all will be last of all and servant of all. Gentlemen, you are in the right place. This is Last in Line Leadership Podcast. I am your host, John Shibley, and I just read you from Mark 9.35. That scripture is all about servant leadership, and that's what we're about here. The podcast that showcases and highlights great leaders of faith, people who have walked the journey of leadership, who have served, who have sacrificed, who have developed discipline, courage, and resilience. You've come to the right place. This is Last in Line Leadership. Hey, when do you think you and I will stop kicking the tires on more of a risk-taking life and maybe thinking outside the box a little more than we do? When do you think you and I will actually color outside the lines a little bit when it comes to what we expand our mission to, what we view our purpose as, what we, how we utilize our gifts and reach a broader spectrum of people in the name of the kingdom of God. So I, I challenge you just like I challenged me, but when are you and I going to start taking some risks? Calculated risks, right? Not just for the sake of rocking a boat or coloring outside the lines to the degree that it's, you know, can't get the toothpaste back in the tube. So you're sort of stuck dealing with a, a wreck that you created. Other than that, okay, I got some things here I want to talk about, and I'm going to qualify the heck out of this. Because before I do qualify it, though, I got to maybe give you a little bit of backdrop on it. Um, of course, it's January. Of course, in fact, it's almost February. But in January, we are all sort of still trying to tread water in the, the sea of change and New Year's resolution, self-discovery, self-improvement, expanding our horizons. Like we're all still kind of swimming laps in that pool in January. I don't think we just flip a switch January 1 and we all of a sudden are starting this new stuff of leaf turning. But if you're like me, it takes a process, you know, it takes a while to kind of digest new ideas, sort of I don't know, marinate in the concept of something new, something unknown, maybe a different way of something, doing something, maybe sharpening an edge here or there. Those are all good and those are all necessary and we're all doing those. But what I feel like is even when things work, maybe especially when things work, we get so trapped in the walls of our own self-limiting potential uh, of our own success. We become a victim maybe of that. And then we start to wear blinders of that success because it's always worked this way. So why change it? Don't fix what's not broke. And I have lived by that my whole life. And maybe I still to a degree will live by that. But I feel like saying some things to you tonight that might ruffle feathers might create a paradigm shift in a way you've always done things. It's not trying to debunk what you're doing that's working, of course, but it's maybe adding on to, maybe it's a, 
we're building a room onto that already existing solid house that you've been in figuratively. So I call this outside the box, five ways to live beyond the list. And I'm going to probably offend some list makers. And my wife, for one, is a big list maker, a big task list box, check it off the list. She likes to feel like she's whittled away at the to-do list. And I, I mean, who doesn't, right? We like to be able to see visually the things we have to do. And then we like to be able to wipe them off when we're done. We all, that's a normal thing. I'm not trying to set anybody back here in their emotional state because my wife is one of the biggest list makers and she absolutely takes care of her lists. But I'm not so much a list, like I have it in my mind. I'm not so much a write down the list just for the sake of marking a line through it or checking the box next to it. So I'm going to drag you into my world today. I'm always trying to get in your skin and I'm going to have you crawl inside my brain for a minute and kind of hear me out on this. Because I believe what's led to some of the Christian world, men specifically, to being on the sidelines comfortable, being in on the couch oblivious, good people, solid Christian people. But I believe there's an edge that they don't have or that they haven't dug into, haven't identified or explored. If that's you, then welcome to my nightmare. The water's warm. Hop in. Because that's me too, I think, to a degree. No, not to a degree. It has been me all the way. It has been me before. Because when I'm doing well, I feel good about it, and I feel like I'm going to continue to replicate what good looks like. And hear me say... Trust me, I got a list of qual. Speaking of lists, I got a list of qualifying statements I got to lay out for you so you don't just jump off a cliff or drive off the road while you're listening to this. But I, I'm not here to change any of that that works. I'm here to add on, like I said, um, this is a self indictment if, if it's an indictment at all. Um, so hear me out because we've been, I think, We've all kind of heard the 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 melody of the busy bee lullaby, right? It's kind of lulled us to sleep by being busy, not necessarily productive. I think I touched on that a week or two ago. But I think we've got a lot of those, I don't know how to say, maybe biblical Christians trapped in the cultural Christian framework. And the cultural Christian framework is easy, it's comfortable, it's repetitious, it's gotten us this far, it's better than the train wreck down the street who is the antithesis of Christian worldview. Um, so we've got all those things going for us, but I believe the biblical Christian needs to come out. And I believe rather than step into the, the fold of what society has created as box checkers, just for the sake of checking the box. I don't know that all the box checkers necessarily make a splash or move the needle when it comes to their relationships, maybe their career, spiritual life, physical life, you know, 
Um, we did five push-ups today. We checked the box of exercise, but we didn't get stronger. We still look the same a week later of doing that, a month later of doing that. So, yeah, I guess in a way I am coming after the box checkers a little bit. But I'm also I'm challenging you because I think you're better. I think there's more in there. Same with me. I know there's more. Um, just when we thought we got to our limit, I know we got a little more left. And I think we need to stop playing to avoid losing. And we need to start playing to win. And sometimes to win, we've got to search the playbook for maybe a little razzle-dazzle, okay? Maybe a little something with some bells and whistles on it. Something that people aren't expecting. And that's all I'm saying. Push yourself to where you surprise even you. Maybe the people around you see something that they weren't expecting, but it's refreshing. Okay, I'm not saying go out and start doing stupid crap, taking risks that might sabotage your family uh, or sabotage your body or sabotage your your overall plan, okay, of success and, and mission and purpose. But I'm saying maybe there's something a little extra out there for you to tap into this, this year. And that's my word this year is discovery. Um, I don't know if I shared that last week, but I, it's relatively new. I've never really been a big, this is my word guy. Um, but that word kept coming up. Um, discovery, discover, like it all just kind of kept coming up. So I feel like my life is going to be like a, uh, a search field in your browser. I think my wife, my life's going to be more of a, that little magnifying glass where you search a word or search. I think I'm going to be searching maybe to discover some new things about myself or what I can accomplish, or maybe things that I haven't tried. Okay. Not saying I want to go skydiving, not saying I want to swim with the dolphins. Okay. We're not, we're not out on that ledge quite yet, but the status quo as it relates to me and as I, as it relates to you personally, you Yours is different than mine. It's all relative. But my status quo, I need to shake it up. You need to probably ruffle the feathers of your own status quo that has been kind of repetitious for years. Not saying wrong, but repetitious. Not saying repetition's bad. I always talk about doing the right reps. But that's the bare minimum now. I say that we raise the bar. I say the bare minimum now is just doing the right reps. We got so many badges of honor in the in the last few years of doing the right thing and being good and striving for more and endeavoring to make a difference and do well. That's good, but that's got us to this point, and now it's time to take it up a notch. Okay, it's time to flip the nitrous button and and kick it in another gear. So, I say we disrupt the norm a little in our own lives. Okay, I'm not saying I'm coming to your house to disrupt your norm. But I'm saying, you know what yours is and you know what you're capable of. And you know what maybe you're not expecting from yourself. And I say, tap into some of that. So I don't know what happened to us. Honestly, it's not bad. We're not in a bad situation. I'm not here to like revolutionize the way you think about yourself or your daily activities. But I'm here to maybe shine a little brighter light on some things that have might been in the corner, might have been in the shadows a little bit because they've been overshadowed by some of the good you're doing. That's great but let's not forget what's over in the corner that we haven't really tapped into. 
I need some renegades that are out there. I need some mavericks. I need to tap into the renegade and maverick in me, I think. The risk taker. I wouldn't say I'm a real risk taker at all. I've never really been sold out to being a super evangelist or I've been good at discipleship. I've always had a heart to get men discipled, but I think I may have kind of taken a step back from spinning my wheels for years and then not really feeling like there was a there was a win or a gain in that department for a while. Maybe it's time to re uh, blow the dust off of some of that old stuff. And maybe that's for you too. So I told you I was going to qualify the heck out of this, and I am. And here we go. So I'll tell you maybe what it's not that I'm saying tonight, um, because there's nothing wrong with quantifiable matrix that could be goal setting, that could be list making, okay, that could be outlined for your day, a battle plan for your month. Like, that's that's great. I think, I mean, the Bible says, make it plain on tablets. Okay, so I, I get vision is important written. If that's what you do, then that's important too, whatever gets you going. The monitoring of performances is, is, is essential. Lists and boxes keep us on task, I guess. Not that I've ever been a super hyper utilizer of those, but I can imagine for those that do, it keeps you on task. Maybe you're you're susceptible to a squirrel distracting you. I guess we all are. But anyway, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that it's this is I'm not advocating to just fly by the seat of your pants. Not advocating to just walk blindfolded and start dabbling in things that you have no idea about. We're all grown-ups here. Um, I think you it's fairly intuitive, the message I'm trying to get across. So I'm going to not qualify so much in that regard. But like I said earlier, the juice, the juice will be worth the squeeze on this because it's deeper than just risk-taking. Okay, It's deeper than just coloring outside the lines, like I said. We get... Um, some of the ways that I wrote down, I just wrote down a couple things here that of of the box trap actually for the box checkers that feel good about the boxes and the lists. Like I can tell you, sometimes there's a false positive there to feel productive. It it feels final, right? That list once you check off all those, you can throw it away, and you feel like you've closed that chapter. You got closure on that day, which if you need that, great. But that's not the end, but it feels like it. So when you finish your list at four o'clock and you throw it in the trash and you're done, where are you the other six hours? Where have you? Where are you investing? And I, I say there's a little more left because there's more people left in your day that need you. Um, some, you know, it feels the box trap. I think feels tangible, right? We're actually marking on something. We're crossing something off. We're striking a line through. We're highlighting it. We're erasing it from the chalkboard. It feels tangible. And it is to a degree. But I think to too many people, it feels like winning. And, and sure, because honestly, though, the list is only as good as the person making it. 
So if you need 10 things to feel good about your day and you start searching for 10 things, you get five legitimate ones and then you put five on there that are pick up a piece of trash on the sidewalk and you've checked that off. Like, I think it's only as good as the degree by which we want to extend our capabilities and stretch ourselves. Like I said last week, I can make, you can make 10 boxes and check them all. And I have two and maybe I moved more mountains than you. Uh, maybe I had, I did move the needle a little more with my two versus your 10. So again, it can feel like winning, but it's really only set up to the degree that you want to make it challenging. Um, if you are a Rocky fan, Rocky three, his trainer was trying to protect him. So he set up all these pushover fights. He kept retaining. He had like 13, 12, 13 title defenses, but were they real? They were kind of paper champions they were kind of hollow victories but it felt like winning but it was fake not saying your boxes and your lists are fake i'm just giving you a little bit of an idea of where i'm coming from and why i'm there so let's get into it i got five ways to live beyond the list and we're gonna put a kind of blanket we're gonna categorize this with a blanket statement of It'll apply to spiritual life, your relational life, your physical life, your professional life. Could could apply to your financial life. Honestly, I'm not super big in giving financial advice because honestly, we've been in and out of debt my whole marriage. We have things that are are unforeseen that get the better of us, and then we dig a hole and we get out of it because we've made good money for a long time but it never really feels like it. And we're trying to save. And then we got four kids and everybody's in a stage of life where everything's more expensive. So we keep up in the ante, regardless of how much more money we make every year. It's just, everything's relative. So I'm, I'm the last guy, but this would probably fit into your financial category if you have one and everybody should have one, of course, tithe, save, give steward there. I said my financial piece. Shout out Dave Ramsey. Um, here we go. I got five. Um, you know, I kind of extended my list. This So this could kind of count for me if you're keeping score, which you are if you're a box checker and a list keeper. You're keeping score. I used to go three quite a bit. I'd have three things, three ways, three keys, three tips. Kind of extended that to five. Took a little bit more effort. Took a little more time. Took a little more creativity. See, look at me. I'm taking risks. So let's dig in. Here we go. First one, grind out the gray area. You're going to be confused already, but I had to work in some of my alliteration. I feel dry in that department lately. So grind out the gray area. So dig into that. The The boxes and the lists are are really objective, which are good but they really don't give you any sort of lines to read between. There's no subjectivity, which there's value in that as well. So in checking, and I kind of talked about that a little bit, but checking the boxes and crossing off the list, did it really? does it really paint a pure picture of, a, a thorough picture of what you did in order to check that off? Like the difference you made in somebody's life when you checked off the box or marked through the task. Um, you, 
I'll give you a silly example. Get clothes at dry cleaners. Boom, checked it off. Did I just go in, get my clothes, pay and leave and not say a word to anybody? Or did I look at the person? Did I strike up conversation? Did I, I don't know, talk about Jesus? I mean, oh no, what if I did? Like, that's not on the forefront of our mind so much when we're busy and we know we've got more stuff to check off the list. That's the other thing that didn't make my list about lists is we're so focused on checking off things on the list. We miss the forest for the trees and we start thinking about that next thing and we're missing the moment. So did you talk to the person at the dry cleaners? Did you ask them how their life was? God forbid, did you ask them if you could pray for anything? We don't do that near enough. I think that's going to be an area I stretch is the wait staff at restaurants, people, strangers, just what can I pray for you about? Um, so anyway, that was a bonus. But yeah, that's the gray area I'm talking about. Lists and, I mean, you've heard people say the scoreboard, the game was closer than the score reflects. So in a, in a blowout, if a team stayed competitive but had some really some miscues and mishaps go against them and then they got blown out. But let's say the other team was really competitive and you don't see that on the scoreboard. Well, you don't see that on your list. You don't see the gray area sometimes. So I say dig into that. Dig into more meaning behind the list. Maybe that'll impact the way you actually make the list. But even if you go bare minimum, simple skeleton list, dig into the gray area. Get between the lines. Try to add some flavor, some color, some some context, try to try to add more subjectivity in, which ultimately should have more impact. That's the first one. Grind out the gray area. When I say grind it out, I don't mean eliminate. I mean, get in the grind, grind it out by getting in it, getting your hands dirty in the gray. Okay. Second one is dive in the deep end. Dive in the deep end. Understand the unknown more than you do. We're, we've all been conditioned to avoid it or to fear it or to ignore it. The unknown could be the greatest thing that ever came into your life, but hence the name, you'll never know. I, I think, so for an example, in my job coming up like this year, I'm always, so I call on a particular sector within the medical community, which is immunologists and neurologists. So brain guys, immunology guys, immune system guys. Uh, and this year I'm, I'm, I'm going to dive into the pulmonary side of things, the lung doctors, because there's a tie between our immunology therapy and lung dysfunction and pulmonology patients. So that's not where I'm used to being. I don't know that language. I don't, I've never called on them. But I believe there's there's money to be made. There's patience to impact there. So that's an unknown. And I'm going to have to just rely on just hopefully relationship building skills, rapport building, uh, discovery questions, the right line of questioning, and just to build and earn trust in order to maybe see where that takes me. But that's the deep end for me in my job right now. Um, but it's unknown, so I got to start to understand it. But in order to understand it, I got to get close to it, and I got I to gotta dip my toe in the water. Right. And then I can dive in the deep end. But you've got to extend that sphere. Okay. If you've always been arm's length with the sphere and you've got that close knit 
group, it's time to expand it. It's time to enhance our reach and expand our reach. And to do that, it takes some um, awkward interactions, maybe with people you don't know. It takes some hard conversations, maybe because you're you're dipping your toe in that water again that you weren't accustomed to or weren't comfortable with. And you never know where that can lead because God creates divine appointments in our life, but we've got to take a step and we've got to initiate and engage those people we may ordinarily not engage with. That's a deep end for some. Because if you're like me, you like those relationships that are comfortable that don't take as much work. You like because you lately don't feel like you trust people a whole lot. Don't feel like you can really count on people. So why would I want to invest in a new person and, and start that process all over again? Well, you never know. Your best friend could be waiting on the other side of that. And our friends change, right? The high school guy shouldn't be your best friend still, even though I have my 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 best friend in life is a guy I grew up with. But aside from that, the group of guys you used to run around with and drink beer with in college probably shouldn't be your friend group so much at 50 with grown children. So that's my two cents. That's my parenting advice. So yeah, that's number two, dive in the deep end. Number three, it's time we nail a new normal. It's time we just get knee deep in a new normal. Even if the old normal became monotonous and mundane, but it was still comfortable and it was still good and we were still successful and we had good outcomes and we felt good about ourselves and, and we were doing some good, right? Why would I change that? Well, you need a new normal in certain areas if you're going to tap into something extra that we talked about. Nail that new normal. But in order to nail it, you got to actually add to the routine. You got to actually throw a curveball or a kink in your normal routine. Obviously, it's got to be something beneficial, something healthy, something uh, something refreshing that'll be good for your spirit, good for your body, good for your soul, your mind, whatever that is. Maybe it's reading, okay, beyond just your daily devotional app, self guilt, raise my hand. That's me. Um, I was reading a bunch of books last year and then I just kind of petered out, but got to get back in that, right? Maybe that's my new thing. I throw into the the kink, into the routine. Um, I don't know, you know what your routine is. So maybe you, instead of working out in the afternoon, you work out in the morning, or maybe you take a different road to work. Maybe you stop at a, stop at a different coffee shop in the morning so you can meet somebody new and do what we said earlier about the diving in the deep end and extending your sphere with a stranger and offering some sort of value to a new person. Um, but unveil the unexpected. Like I talked about earlier, you expect the same thing from yourself as you did last year, and you'll probably not get any more than you did get. Even if you got good outcomes, you're not going to get more. And, I know we don't have to expect more or growth doesn't always have to happen, but we should, shouldn't we want that? Shouldn't we want more? Shouldn't we want to grow? I think you need to unveil the unexpected. I think you need to expect that from other people that are close to you. Help them expect the unexpected in themselves. Help them surprise themselves. 
stretch them as you're stretching you. Bring somebody along for that journey. Create a new normal together. It's always better to have somebody to do it with. Start cooking more often, right? Take a, I don't know, cooking class, but the new normal needs to be something that disrupts your ordinary routine in a good way and throws maybe a kink in your comfort. That's that's number three. Number four is lock in the lanyard. Almost couldn't say it. It's been a while since I've been in New Orleans. But lanyard, the French word meaning on the side, a little something extra. Lanyard. So I'll take some... I'll take some steak, but then the lanyap is my rice and beans, red beans and rice, right? Or whatever, just fill in the blank. Your side, okay? Lock in the lanyap and add something. Implement a plus one in your life. So whatever that list is, add a couple things to it going forward. If you're locked into lists, which I'm not trying to eliminate your list, add more to it. If you're used to 10 items every day or less, Go more. If you got 10, think of another thing to add, then not just for the sake of adding it. Like I said, when I was talking about grinding out the gray, add something worthwhile of value that may stretch you, that may, you know, disrupt your comfort. Add a side hustle, add a hobby. I don't know what my new hobby this year might be, but maybe I want to shoot more guns this year. I didn't do a whole lot of that. Um, not, not, super into the whole cold plunge thing and, you know, cold therapy, that kind of, I'm not really into all that. Um, I know it's beneficial, but try something that's on the side of what you currently do. And I know that goes a little bit with the new normal adding to your routine, but implement a plus one, whether a plus one is a new connection with a, with a friend of your, with a friend that maybe you were an acquaintance, maybe you dig deeper in that relationship. Maybe your plus one is, asking your boss at work for maybe a little more responsibility. Maybe your plus one is scheduling a date night with your wife every week or maybe a month, uh, depending on your kid's schedule. Uh, maybe your plus one is as simple as just brewing her coffee cup, brewing her coffee in the morning. That sounds small, but if you hadn't been doing it, it's going to be huge to her. Um, and, you know, of course, the, the common answer and the obvious answer is add a side hustle that maybe brings in a little revenue. This podcast was a side hustle without the revenue, but it it was a passion project and an active obedience in what God was leading me to do based on what I'm good at. And I've, I'm still doing it. So I need to add to that. So my lanyap to this, which was a lanyap originally, now is a routine, is a thing. It's just part of my lifestyle. Maybe my lanyap to this is, I don't know, fill in the blank. It's adding to the podcast. Maybe it's trying to monetize it. Maybe it's doing a different segment uh, during the week with a guest. You know, maybe I have a steady person every week and we talk about a scripture. I don't know. But something, Lanyap is something extra that maybe looks like it might not belong, but really and truly adds flavor and color to the original main course. That's four, guys. Lock in the Lanyap. Number five, recalibrate your reps. And I almost only had four on this list. I almost could only think of four. And five went off in me 
unexpectedly. Number five, recalibrate your reps. And when I was talking earlier about how we get into the same mon mon monotony, right, and mundaneness of the right rep, even though they're right, they're just they're reps and they're steady, and those are good. You got to keep those. I'm not saying get rid of those, but recalibrate those. Maybe you've been doing the same thing over and over just because that's what you've always done. And it hasn't really caused an issue negatively. So you hadn't eliminated it or you haven't refined it. No different than a workplace. You come into a place and people, you ask, why do we do it this way? And you're like, well, that's just what we've always done. Well, have you ever thought of this? And then all of a sudden there's a new policy or procedure or process that adds efficiency and enhances the supply chain or the, or the SOP of the company. So recalibrate. That's just all I mean is just look at them. Look at your reps. Kind of analyze. Unsolicited analysis, really, is meaning you're analyzing not because somebody told you something was flawed or something needed adjustment, but you took it upon yourself to take the initiative and analyze the reps. Analyze what you're doing on a regular basis. Maybe you eliminate Maybe you sharpen and polish. Maybe you leave it alone. But recalibrate, at least look at it. Because you've gotten into this habitual hypnosis. I have. Because it's easy. It's just now it's a routine. Now it's habitual. Now it's just muscle memory. Now we just do it even when we don't know we're doing it. If you drive the same way to work every day, sometimes you look back and go, wow, what did I just see? I didn't even remember the drive here. I... Could have seen a, you know, a dead dog on the side of the road, never would have known. Like, I'm just driving like a zombie, right, to work. Same way, same speed, same thing every day. Habitual hypnosis. We can get hypnotized by our habits, as good as they may be. I'm just saying, look at them. Maybe you can carve out more margin in your day because you're doing two or three tasks that really didn't need to be done, but you never looked at it. It's just what you've always done. Maybe you pull them out and then all of a sudden you got an hour out of your day free for something more valuable. Or maybe you're doing it perfectly and maybe you don't touch the list or touch the routine. Maybe you don't mess with the reps. I don't know. Maybe you add more weight to the reps and push yourself to another level. Again, this could all go apply to spiritual, relational, physical, professional, financial, guys. This is all translatable okay to any part of your life so i mean i i wish you well on this endeavor i am again not here to eliminate your lists or or cause any uh waves in your list making life and box checking existence but i'm just saying look at it from a different perspective see it through a different lens maybe i gave you a different lens to look at it but again to recap, look, I know it always feels productive. We always feel uh, it's tangible. We feel like we're winning when we make lists and we cross them off and we check boxes. Nothing wrong with it. But five ways to live beyond the list. Okay, number one, grind out the gray area. Number two, dive in the deep end. Number three, nail a new normal. Number four, lock in the lanyap. And number five, recalibrate your reps. Gentlemen, it's going to be your best year yet. With that, be blessed.